Welcome to the Masterful Coach Podcast with Molly Claire, where coaches learn skill mastery, business mastery, and life mastery at a whole new level. If you're ready to create a meaningful coaching business that makes a difference, you're in the right place. And now your host, Master Coach Instructor, Molly Claire. Hey coaches, I have an amazing episode for you today. I have here with me Kim Keel, who is a copywriter extraordinaire. And I was so happy to connect with her for many reasons. First of all, because she had a reputation for being amazing at not only copywriting, but truly bringing to life the person who she is writing for and really bringing them into it. And I'll have her talk more about that, of course. And also, I actually found this out after the fact, but I love this about Kim, is that being ethical in her copywriting practices is a big deal for her. And she can tell you more about that. But I'm going to introduce you to Kim. She is amazing at what she does. She's worked with my groups, helping them with their copywriting. And she's ethical, which is all amazing. So welcome, Kim. Hey, thanks, Molly. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, this is so great. And I, I'm i really excited about this because, I mean, anyone running an online business and certainly coaches, there's some amount of copywriting involved, right? Just, just a tiny bit. No, there's <laughs> so much copy to write when you're running a business. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and especially starting out, I know not everyone is ready to hire a copywriter right away. And so I think that's why um, I think it's great that you can share what you do. And of course, people can connect with you if they're ready for that. And also, I appreciate you just giving some tips to my audience. Yeah, I'd love so. to share. You know, it wasn't too long ago that I set out to become a copywriter, like a professional mm -hmm. uh, freelance solo entrepreneur. I actually, for many, many years previous to becoming a business owner myself, was working in the nonprofit sector. And mm -hmm. I was in, in the environmental movement. I was in the arts industry. And I was always on the front lines of communication, trying to help people take action, positive action, and mm -hmm. to donate money. And mm -hmm. so as a fundraiser in charities, I learned how to write persuasively, but not in a way that like would make someone go, ick, ew, it would make, mm -hmm. it'd be in a way that would make somebody like feel really emotionally connected and then want to take some action like opening their wallet or like signing their name on a petition or something like that. Then yes. about four or five years ago, I'm sure any mom who's listening will relate. I was juggling the childcare uh, juggle. Like I constantly had to keep finding new childcare because it would fall through. It wouldn't match the schedule. And I had a kid who was starting kindergarten and I'd lined up this brilliant day home to, to look after my, my son and allow me to continue working uh, sort of full time. And mm -hmm. she fell through. And I was, I was like at my wits end wondering mm -hmm. how am I going to make this happen? And so I kind of quit on the spot and mm. decided to launch my own business. And I kind of went with what I knew, which was how to communicate persuasively. And when I Amazing. stepped into this online world, I discovered an entirely new ecosystem of businesses, business owners, the whole world of coaching. And I realized that I have a real skill that I can bring to the table that can actually help solve a pain point that mm -hmm. so many business owners have, which is how do you write your own copy in a way that 
elegantly sells your services and your wares, but also, you know, gives the business owner time back so that they can focus on their zone of genius. So that's a little bit about how I became a copywriter. Yes. Yeah. And I love that because you, you do copywriting for coaches. And then you also like in my groups, you've come and actually helped to give them guidance and direction and feedback. And I think that both save time, right? Because whether you're taking it completely off their plate or mostly off their plate um, or helping them to give them some guidance, because I mean, how much time do coaches spend in fear, not getting started and questioning themselves? And there's more time wasted with the copywriting process than actually writing in the copywriting process. It is so true. Even for copywriters, we spend a lot of time staring at that screen, wondering Mm -hmm. like, what do we write? How do we write it? And especially for ourselves, like, let's just give everyone permission to say it's really hard to write your own copy, like whether you're a professional copywriter or not, like it is hard. But Mm -hmm. there are lots of good tips and strategies. And as I became a professional copywriter, learning some of these formulas and frameworks, I realized I had really been missing out throughout my entire career, not knowing some of these frameworks and strategies that would have cut down the time, cut down the overwhelmed and and helped to bring back some joy. So whether I'm coaching people or teaching people in workshops, some of those strategies and frameworks, uh, or doing it one-to-one as a one-to-one service for my clients, it all comes from a place of like, let's cut down the overwhelm, let's increase joy and let's get more sales. Totally. Right. And, and it's like copywriting is the way that many people first connect with their clients, right? Is what's written. And that's how that initial, like I always say that the, the most important thing in terms of your client having progress is the relationship they have with you. And that relationship is established right away with the way someone feels when they're reading your message. It's reading a your deal. Me- Yes. Whether they're reading your message, whether they're seeing how you communicate on video, mm-hmm. how, whether they're reading the caption you put onto social media. And I mean, we're in this online world now. We used to be meeting people face to face and they would connect that way. So now we need to just be really creative and strategic in how we communicate to foster that same kind of connection. And there's a few ways you can do that when you're showing up, whether it's speaking your message or writing your message to make sure you can create that no like, and trust. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love it. So, and I know Kim is going to be sharing really three specific ways to make your copy more readable. But before we dive into that, so Kim, you've shared kind of how you came to be here. Tell my audience a little bit more about the ethical pledge that you've taken and why and what that means. Sure. So I have pledged to, um, I don't really want to call it, call it an institution, but it's more of a movement called the ethical movement. Mm-hmm. And the, it is a, a a community of people who've come together to commit to showing up online and doing no harm through our copy and through our messaging and through our sales specifically. So we want to approach how we sell ourselves and our services ethically and without using overly um, dodgy, sleazy, sort of, it's called bro marketing tactics, but it's not limited to the bros. The ladies can get in on it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just making sure you're really approaching sales and connection 
with authenticity and with awareness of where your customer is. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to trigger them into having a panic response to buying from you. So you're not going to trigger them into investing in something that really isn't going to help them and that you're using really ethical approaches to to walking someone through that customer journey to the point of of inviting them to work with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that because I think there's a big difference between connecting with people's emotions in a way that compels them to work with you for like helping this person, making a difference, right? Versus, you know, using just fear tactics to get someone to make an impulsive decision. I don't feel like it comes from a great place if you really want to build a meaningful ethical business. I agree and I think yeah. that you know I think that's what you bring through your coaching community as well is that like connection and coming from a place of service and yes. one of my own mentors has always said sales is service like it's an act of service it's how mm-hmm. you share your gifts with the people who actually need your help and when we don't actually ask for the sale, we're withholding our love from our community. We're we're not allowing people to access the gifts and genius that we have. But the challenge is, and especially for women, we maybe no, don't resonate with that sort of salesy type of marketing, or we have a belief that sales is really gross and we don't want to engage in sales. But I think when you can start to think of sales being of service and being Mm -hmm. an act of love and being an act of joy and an act of exchange, then it gives us more permission to show up and sell in a way that actually feels authentic and true to our values and our purpose. Yes, yes, totally. I always teach about like finding your unique sales energy. That's that like authenticity and being you and connecting with and loving people. And that's like, that's the kind of sales that feels good, right? It's like, it's, it's the, it's the service focused process. So yeah. And one of the tips that I have for making your copy a little bit more readable is if you think about how would you communicate to your best friend, like Mm -hmm. you wouldn't, talk to your best friend like you better buy now you better come with me we're gonna go shopping like let's let's get this thing on the road you have five minutes to make a decision or i'm out of here we're never gonna be friends again like you don't talk (laughs) to your best friend like that you're like hey there's great sale going on i think you should come with me like let's go see if we can find some new shoes like you engage Mm -hmm. in a conversation you approach it with love you approach it with delight you create mm-hmm. a little joy and then you guys work towards the outcome. So I think my one of my tips for making your copy more readable is to write in a way, uh, communicate in a way as if you're actually talking to your best friend or to a beloved friend. Uh, it just instantly changes how you would communicate and also like what words you would say. You'd probably start ditching some of that jargon and the industry speak that mm-hmm. unfortunately coaches have a tendency to um, get get a little bit wrapped up in the coach speak. So it's like, yes. how do you explain to your best friend what you do? Yes. Oh my gosh. We literally, I just did a whole call with my group on helping them translate coach speak into like what your clients yes. are thinking. <laughs> and it's like, we were talking about, okay, make the list of all the things you think they need and then step over here. What are they saying about this? Mm-hmm. How is this showing up for them? So So yes, how would you say this to your best friend? And one thing I was going to ask you is, With regard to this, what do you see 
making that challenging for coaches to be able to actually do. To, to speak to their yeah, make, person right like as a if bestie. They're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think because we go to coach certification, we go to training, we get like in our little bubble where everybody is speaking that same language. Yes. And we we believe it and we know how how beautiful that transformation is it's just that everyone outside that bubble don't talk that language right and, and so uh my next tip is actually to go outside of your bubble and talk to your customers mm-hmm. do some research uh join different forums uh reddit threads uh visit different facebook groups where people are having conversations about the challenges that they have that you solve. And you'll hear the words that they use to describe, like, what does overwhelm actually mean to them? Or what mm-hmm. are their goals for, um, you know, finding their their truest selves? Like, they're not going to probably use those terms, but they're going to use terms that really describe the problems that they're having. Yeah. Uh, I also love, and part of my process with any client that I work with, and when I'm coaching people who want to copyright better mm-hmm. is um, to interview your own customers or interview prospective customers and just have a conversation and you'll hear the words that they say. And then if you use those words in your headlines, your subheads, in your calls to action or like the button copy, when you want to get somebody to click a link to then either download your free resource or buy your, your item, uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be a way so that you don't fall into that trap of coach speak or even sales speak. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like, well, I want to come back to what you just said, actually, I'm flagging that, but before I do, um, yes, it's like, what are the words they're using? Because when someone, if, when I read something and it's like, I'm, someone knows what is in my mind or, oh, I relate to what I'm hearing. Right. So it's use the words that they use, speak those words. You want your customer or your potential client, when they're reading your copy, whether it's a social post or whether it's your website or a sales page, you want them to be like, oh my gosh, it's like you were reading my mind. It's like you were Mm -hmm. in my head. And when we see that as as a buyer, it gives us a sense of trust. And it makes us feel safe that, okay, you really understand me. And I believe that you can probably help me solve my problems because you've articulated my challenge so well. Yes. Yes. Okay. I love that. So I wanted to come back to, because I've, I've helped my clients a lot of times with coach speak. I haven't really Mm -hmm. talked about sales speak. So talk about differentiate. So coach speak is really, it's, it's like when my clients come to me and say, that what their niche is, is helping women manage their mind. And I'm like, those women don't want help managing their mind. Right? Nobody's because lying like, awake in the middle of the night wondering like, when am I going to learn how to manage my mind? Right, right. And it's and we think that, right? Because like in the coaching world, we are in the coaching world and we're getting, you know, messages about that and we talk like that. So coach speak is that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yep. talking about things in a way that coaches understand, but not every, you know, normal people understand. So talk a little bit about sales speak. 
That's a good question. So sales speak to me would be the kinds of things that you see coming into your promotions tab in your uh, in your uh, inbox. So it's from a lot of the the brands that are selling you buy now on sale, uh, get this mm-hmm. now, disappearing soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very high pressure, lots of all caps, lots of exclamation points. There's usually some scarcity involved, like only two left. Like so, it's uh, not necessarily true or Mm -hmm. you're kind of questioning like is that really true are there really only two left or is this promotional price really only available for the next 30 Mm -hmm. minutes uh we find on a lot of the online marketing there are things called like a deadline funnel which is where you might have uh opt-in like a freebie that you're offering to your community and you allow somebody to subscribe or exchange their email for that free resource Mm -hmm. and on the thank you page there's a limited time offer Mm -hmm. by now this is an exclusive opportunity to get this never before seen deal Mm -hmm. and there's probably some blinking lights and a countdown timer <laughs> telling you that you only have 30 seconds to get this savings. But the reality is, if you actually signed up with another email, mm-hmm. you'd probably get the mm-hmm. same deal mm-hmm. again and again. So it's false scarcity. Yes, it's yes. False, um, it's like a, a false deadline. And it's yes. a false use of a, a countdown timer. And it's all meant to trigger this like FOMO response in us. And mm-hmm. that is like one of the rules that you would definitely not want to follow if you're trying to be an ethical marketer. You yeah. definitely want to just, if it's not true, don't fake it. Like don't fake scarcity. Don't mm-hmm. fake um, the doors are closing for the last time. Like just mm-hmm. be just be real because people want to buy from somebody who's real and mm-hmm. buy from somebody mm-hmm. who's authentic. Yes, I I have been exactly where you're talking about. <laughs> I've had that before. And you're like, and that you're always wondering, is this really true? Like, is this really going to go away? And then I've had that thought, well, I can sign up with another email. And I, we did actually, so, you know, we have this big family. We've got eight kids combined. And um, I wanted to buy these, you know, those gigantic bean bags with the ottomans. Yes, yes, and I started yeah. looking into them because I'm like, you know, when we're all together, it's kind of nice to lounge around. And I remember it was a, it was a holiday weekend and I got on and it was like, you know, the Ottoman was free and, and I was talking to my husband, I'm like, maybe we should do it. And I really thought it was like a special thing because of this. And then sure enough, anytime, any day you can get on and it has a limited time today only offer yeah. for the free Ottoman every yeah. time. And so. if you, if you put something into your cart and you didn't buy it, then they're, they're going to show up with emails that say, oh, hey, you forgot to buy this, but we're going to throw in that Ottoman for you just so you, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah, you know. yeah. So here's a question about that. So obviously we want to say what's true and be ethical. And, um, I, I know that people sometimes need as little sense of urgency or a deadline in order to be compelled to move them forward. And sometimes I think it's a good thing to help people move forward. So what's your answer to that? How do we create that in an authentic and real way and in service to our clients? I think even just messaging that Mm. by saying, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really try to motivate you here. And it's because Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be sitting on the fence anymore. I know what kind of transformation this coaching service will give you. So you just actually language it. Like Mm -hmm. if it feels like I'm a little bit pressuring you, it's because I am, because I want you to take the action because I know how, how great the transformation is. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of one option. Another option is to actually have a real deadline. So 
If you do run a promotion, run it for a short period of time, that doesn't necessarily mean that people can't come in or buy that product or service another time, but maybe it is a limited time promotion so that you can generate a bit of buzz and create some of that urgency. Mm-hmm. You can also actually limit the number of people who you bring into your coaching community. So mm-hmm. if you want to be able to maintain a certain level of high touch and engagement within your um, group coaching program, for example, maybe you do limit it to 10, 50, 100 people. Mm-hmm. And then you can say that and you can authentically say, look, seats are actually limited and you won't be able to get in until the next time we promote this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I remember, and this is maybe not related, but I did think of it and I wanted to bring it up. Um, I remember in some emails we were doing in a campaign, you know, a few months ago, the email where we really said, like, make a choice either way. And if this isn't right for you, then kind of like, great, we're going to see you next week on our regular email and we're still here for you and giving that permission. So, yeah, I want to I would love for you to speak on that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's a really important technique in a sales email. And it's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like inviting them to make a decision either way and Mm -hmm. allowing your reader to know that either decision is the best decision for them, but Mm -hmm. they're, you know, just make a decision. So you write Mm -hmm. your email, it's a sales email to get them to take the action, which you want it to be to join your program, your service. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you give them two links in the email. One link is like, uh, yes, I'm in. Sign mm-hmm. me up for uh, your your coaching service. The other link is, you know what? This isn't going to work for me right now, but I'm going to continue to subscribe to your podcast, follow your blog, and access some of the free resources. Mm-hmm. So that just the act of making a decision is so empowering for the reader. It gives yes. them a chance to be like, yes, I'm making a decision. And, it, and then everyone feels good. So you may motivate them to take the action to join your offer, but even if they don't, they're taking an action to stay connected and you can still Mm -hmm. nurture that relationship on until they're ready to make the step Mm -hmm. or until you have an offer that really resonates with them. Yes. I love that because as I'm thinking about it, you know, I'm imagining sometimes I think it's true that if, if someone does feel a little too pressured or there's kind of this. I don't know. It's almost like there's some extra energy in there. And that really just kind of drops the rope. And it's like, it's totally up to you. I'm here either way. I think sometimes that can help people to relax and make that choice moving forward because it really shows them, oh, this is my choice. And now that I've cleared out a little bit of this noise or fear about the sales process, this is what I want. And I think also when we make that choice to say, to say no, even if that person never gives you a dime, never works with you in any paid capacity, you have just done a service for them in giving them the opportunity to make a choice for themselves and telling them that it's good for them to make a choice for themselves no matter what. Yeah, because then they can go on to their next thing, whether that's a working on something different or finding a different coach, but you've released them into moving forward and not continuing to like second guess, like, did I make the right decision or should I, or shouldn't yes. I? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, next tip. So wait, that's two. That's two yeah. tips. Yeah. Tell about Yeah. So talk tip. like you're talking to your bestie and, uh, do your research. The third tip that I always love to share is, uh, the rule of you. 
So the word you is the most important word in your copy. And when I am reviewing copy, especially corporate copy, but also it comes up in a lot of uh, coaches copy as well. There's a tendency to be very focused on like me and my services. And this is what I did. And I'm certified by this body and I can do this and I can help you do that. And I will do this and you'll, and I'll teach you this in my webinar. And that is so focused on the service provider, the coach, Mm -hmm, and not mm -hmm. focused on the reader or your client. So if you can count on a sales page or in an, or in a sales email, how many times you've said the word I, us, we count the number of times you say you, your, yours, And if your eyes and us's are outnumbering the you's and yours, you can go back and rewrite some of those sentences from the perspective of you, of the reader. So for example, one of the edits that I'm constantly writing in my client's copy is like, I will teach you the three strategies for, you know, closing more sales. And instead I swap it to... When you attend this webinar, you'll discover the three strategies to close more sales. Just that simple change of removing the coach or the the service provider out of it and putting in the reader instantly connects and instantly Mm -hmm. turns corporate copy into friendlier, more conversational Mm -hmm. copy. So that rule of you is really important. Now, the caveat to using the rule of you is you never want to assume the worst of your audience. So you don't want to be like, you're struggling with this. You can't get it together. You can't figure it out. You can't, you know, you don't want to be too blamey in your mm-hmm. you language. And, and that's part of like weaving in some of that ethical messaging. You want to approach that with a little bit more of a delicate hand. So it could be like a lot of the clients who come to me struggle with confidence. And maybe that's something you share. Mm -hmm. These clients tell me they struggle with X, Y, Z. And if this is something you can relate to, then then listen up because here's something Mm -hmm. that you really want to hear. So you just are very, very careful about how you're positioning that pain and that problem. Mm -hmm. You still want to mirror it so that they see you understand the problem, but you don't want to blame them for having that problem. Mm -hmm. That's just Mm -hmm. a little bit of a subtle nuance. And what about even the idea of putting it out there as like a possibility, kind of like maybe you are feeling something like this, similar, that softens. That's actually a super powerful copywriting technique is to say, maybe this resonates with you or perhaps, perhaps this is something you've struggled with. And it just creates that window of possibility that gets, opens up my guard so that I can let you in and, and connect a little bit more with you. Yes. Yes. Okay, I well, I love the rule of you, first of all, because, well, it's effective, right? Yeah. And I think it's easy because it's pretty easy to go through after you've written and see how to make that adjustment. And the other reason I like it, just from a like coaching mastery space, thinking about as I'm helping coaches with their skills, is too often we usually when we're getting stuck or feeling insecure in coaching, it's because we are making it too much about us. Mm-hmm right? Like we're wanting to like have the validation or do they think I'm good at this? Do they think I'm the expert? When our whole job as a coach is to empower our clients as the expert, everything is about them. My feelings or, you know, what anyone thinks about me in the session isn't relevant. It's about them. And so I I like just the, you know, the connection with that because I think it's important for us to realize that not only because it's more effective, 
but also it actually helps us to stay focused on what's most important, which is our I clients. love that. I actually hadn't thought about that connection either. So I'm glad you uh, pointed that out. That's really beautiful, actually. Yeah. Love it. So, okay, so good. I would love to hear anything else you have to say as far as being ethical in all of this as well and ethical writing. So I know you've woven some of it in, but what are a few things that you would offer my listeners? I think um, something that I want to just share, which is a little bit on people's radar, but maybe they kind of forget when in certain uh, environments. Mm -hmm. And it's um, being aware of words, cultural words and language we use Mm -hmm. and something that's... uh, called digital blackface. So uh, as you know, Molly, when I write emails uh, for my clients, I like to use a lot of GIFs or I like Mm -hmm. to infuse GIFs to make them more engaging and to sort of help bring a little bit of entertainment to the emails. But when I'm writing for a white uh, client, I am very mindful that I am not going to use a GIF uh, or a GIF that depicts uh, a person of color. Mm-hmm. I'm in t- very intentional about not choosing uh, mm-hmm. gifts of, say, Snoop Dogg for mm-hmm. uh, a white client because that is a form of digital blackface. And it's a very subtle approach mm-hmm. to being ethical in your copywriting, but it's just really important to be mindful of that because, unfortunately, a lot of those gifts are like um, highlighting negative cultural stereotypes. Mm. And even though they're maybe funny when it's a non-person of color using them, it's it's considered digital blackface. Where mm. this is particularly problematic and not a lot of people are talking about it is on TikToks and Reels. So a lot mm. of people are using the audios that are perpetuating some really harmful <laughs> cultural stereotypes. Mm. and using and and using them for entertainment and to be funny but if the voice is very clearly or the audio is very clearly from a certain cultural group that can actually be really harmful so mm. i like to flag that um digital blackface as something to just be aware of and to choose your audio or your imagery very carefully. Now, that's Mm -hmm. not to say if you serve a diverse clientele, you shouldn't include stock images of your clients Mm -hmm. who are diverse, but Mm -hmm. we just don't want to perpetuate any harmful stereotypes Mm -hmm. or tropes that, that are just not true. Some of the words we use, we should also be very careful of. So, you know, there's obviously words that we definitely don't use anymore, but there's some little sneaky ones like cakewalk, which I recently learned has roots in slavery, uh, grandfathered, whitelisted. These are some words like often when you're writing your email, your welcome email, you might say, hey, make sure you uh, whitelist my email so that you get it. And like that phrase is actually <laughs> not a very, not a very good one to use. So instead yeah. swap it out for something like safe sender, add me to your safe senders list. So we're just being mindful of some of the, that language that can be triggering or perpetuate harmful stereotypes. So yeah. th- that's a, just a little tip there. But again, I also don't want people to be overthinking about it. And if you're ever concerned, like, is this okay? Then just like phone a friend, ask a friend, get somebody else to like weigh in. Is this, is this actually okay? And, and yeah. you'll probably be steered right, but don't overthink it. Just just keep it in the back of your mind. Yeah, Good to be mindful of because, I mean, these are things you just don't really think about, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing I would uh, maybe offer is 
you know, just allowing people time to make a decision. We kind of talked about the deadline funnel with the countdown timer. You know, for a low ticket item or a free item, having a short amount of time to make a decision is probably okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, a BOGO sale when you're buying your shoes. Like it's a limited time. It's a low ticket offer. I'm, I'm okay with having it be that limited time. But if you have, you know, a four or five figure coaching package that you're, you're inviting people to step into, mm-hmm. give them more time to make that decision because mm-hmm. so many of us have different money traumas and money stories that we're bringing to the -hmm. table that we kind of need to work through and we need to feel safe to invest at that higher level. So it would probably be pretty bad form to have a countdown timer when you have a $10,000 offer Mm -hmm. because it just triggers that fight or flight response. And Mm -hmm. it might make us make a decision that we later regret. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as a coach, you don't want to invite somebody in who's not a right fit, whether it's financially or for any other reason. Um, And you want them to enter into that relationship with you from a space of possibility and expansion, not like scarcity Mm -hmm. and contraction. So just being mindful of that that timeline that you give your and runway that you give your people to make those decisions, especially when they're at a higher price point. Mm, Yeah, I love that. And as you were talking, I was thinking about how, you know, being ethical is important just because I think it's the right thing to do. It's like treating humankind, you know, human beings well. And, and it also does reap the reward long term of, I think that's how you build a quality business where you have an energy in your business that you want and that really is truly service focused. So I think it's like those those small things, doing the right thing in those small ways just has a big impact long-term. And I think when you come back to that belief that sales is love, sales is service, mm-hmm. and I'm connecting with you like I want to connect with my best friend and I'm talking to you from from my heart to your heart, then that you're already going to be ahead of the game. And mm-hmm. I know that like copywriting and sales copywriting in general can be very, very overwhelming and it we we get a little tripped up by it. Now adding this layer of like, am I ethical in my marketing? Like we don't want to overcomplicate it. I just mm-hmm. want to offer, you know, your listeners that if you've written something and then you ask yourself, ooh, is this a little shady or uh, is this ethical marketing? The fact that you're ask, asking the question shows that you probably aren't being really sleazy in your marketing. So Mm -hmm. the people who have the sleaziest messaging are not asking those questions. They're not (laughs) saying, should I have a countdown timer? They're like, do it. You know, we want to get rich quick. And so that is sort of just, just to give yourself a little bit of grace. If you're asking the question, you're probably doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And this whole conversation, I mean, I feel like as we're talking, it just feels like so much like abundance and trust in, in goodness. And I don't know, that's just, it's so powerful, right? Because it can be really easy to, when we set these big goals and we're facing our fears to get in, you know, scarcity and, and trying to use, you know, tactics to kind of get there. And I don't know, this is just a a great conversation. So I love it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's an important conversation and I, I really want, especially coaches to be empowered to ask for the sale and to know that it's okay to ask for the sale because 
the transformation that you create for your customer and your client is is so important and so needed in the world. And it just trickles down through their family, their community. So by you asking for somebody to join your coaching program, you're going to change not just their lives, but like the lives of the people around them. So ask for the sale. Sales is love. Yes. 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 I love it. I know. Well, I always say like when I was going through my divorce and I was so worried about money, I am so glad that I paid like what I considered like good money for a coach because I needed to make that investment in myself. And I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to pay the money to work with someone to help me because it served me long-term. So I think we have to always remember that. I love that, that message that you shared. So, yeah. All right, Kim, any, first of all, I want you to tell everyone where they can find you. And of course, also share any last words of wisdom. So sure. Well, uh, people can find me on social. I'm Kim Keel copy in various different iterations. You can also link to everything from my website, which is www.kimkiel.com. There I have a really uh, a really simple but juicy uh, checklist that people can download, which is all about some of these tips that we talked about, but even a few more to make your copy more readable and to help you ask for the sale. Uh, so that's a, it's called the Magnetic Copy Checklist. So anyone can get that. It's super free. And yeah, just ping me on, uh, ping me on social. Awesome. And I will have all of this in the show notes as well. So brilliant. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Kim. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Masterful Coach Podcast. You can check out www.thecoachingcollective.com for info about the ultimate program for coaches building a business. To find out more about Molly, you can visit www.mollyclair.com.